Hello and salam. Welcome to Muslim Viewpoint, a new podcast series powered by American Muslim Today, a groundbreaking non-profit digital newspaper which champions civic engagement. AMT informs and empowers the diverse voices of almost 30 million Muslims here in the US and other Western countries. I'm Rifat Malik. I'm AMT's editor-in-chief. And today we have an interview with Rahila Sheikh. She is the Director of Professional Development for American Muslim Health Professionals, Texas chapter. And she's going to talk about her mission to inform Muslim parents on the signs of teen drug use, self-harm and cybersecurity. Sheikh worked as an assistant principal for almost a decade at a North Texas school district before going to work as a product manager for the textbook publishing company Horton Mifflin Harcourt. She spoke to our reporter, Maya Gaylor. So I've been the Director of Professional Development for AMHP for about a year and a half now. I started last January and um, through them we, our goal is to spread awareness on mental health issues as well as provide outreach programs. We also provide educational opportunities and uh, we also do a lot of networking, both social and uh, professional. Uh, but my goal was to make sure that we're reaching a different demographic, basically parents of teens and um, spreading awareness on um, bullying, cyber security, and drug awareness. Right, so uh, tell me about the seminar that you spoke at earlier this month. You know, how was turnout? How was the uh, message received from the audience? Was there any kind of engagement? It took a moment to get into um, the massages. Uh, it's a very difficult topical, uh, topic to talk about, and um, we've been trying to reach out to the local masjids for about almost a year now, um, but we were really grateful that Richardson um, Mosque and the school IQA allowed us to come in and do a presentation on drug awareness for parents, for uh, teens and college students. Um, the turnout was okay. There was about 50 parents there, but uh, the great thing was there was a lot of leaders of different um, masjids there. There was also some school principals, uh, which really got our word across to them. And so now they're more interested in having a little bit more um, dialogue about this topic. Uh, again, this is a difficult topic to talk about. Um, but drug awareness, I think, is incredibly important for our community to be aware of. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of statistics and data about how many of our youth are involved in such a thing. The last time I think anyone did any um, type of study was in 2018. And uh, because of that, we don't really have the numbers, but we do know that it's prevalent in schools, in colleges, universities. Young adults are taking it so easily accessible that uh, me personally, I've had to help a lot of teens, uh, Muslim youth, who were going through a situation where they were abusing drugs. And so I know it's out there. We know that it's uh, happening in our community. We just need to be able to talk about it more. Right, and so can you tell me some of those challenges? Why was it so difficult to um, even start the seminar? So I believe it was more of a topic that they were uncomfortable maybe bringing up to the community, weren't sure about the outcome, really weren't sure about what I was talking about or what the topic was going to be about. Uh, when I explained to them it's more of a awareness program, it's explaining what types of drugs are available, uh, making sure that parents are able to recognize signs and symptoms, they were more welcoming and they were absolutely willing to uh, 
have the seminar in the masjid, you have to be careful about what you, what topics you talk about in these areas. And so um, they did reach out to us and we did go. And then shortly after that presentation, we had about three or four other uh, local masjids, including one in Houston who was very interested in being a part of this program. Great. And then, so as you kind of mentioned already, so in your time as an educator, what has been your experience um, helping these teams or, you know, what have you seen? I've seen too much. <laughs> so um, in the seven years as an administrator, I have seen our Muslim teens break down, um, self-harm, use drugs, abuse drugs, um, sell them. I've seen them uh, just fall under this trap because the misconception right now is under with parents is that drug abuse is those back alley you know concepts where you purchase it out you know in some alleyway and it's all about marijuana and weed and like you know bad family home situations and stuff like that it's not like that anymore right now it's more about um, stress and the amount of stress that our kids are under is unbelievable. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, you know, you could do make A's. You know, a 4.0 was the, wow, you know, you made a 4.0. 4.0 is not the threshold anymore. And the competition has increased exponentially. So now, not only are they taking these medications or these vitamin supplements as they see them, um, to relax, to de-stress, because that's what they're being sold as. So you can go actually online and buy Delta 8 gummies, and their marketing is that these are going to help you de-stress. It's almost a health marketing, and they sell it like showing healthy bowls of like you know yogurt and different types of vitamins and strength building and all of that. It's not it's actually very harmful to the body. But the kids don't understand that. I have seen kids who actually are in university level and are about to start midterms and are like terrified and stressed out. And so what they're doing is that they're passing out these gummies to each other. Hey, you know, take this, relax, you're gonna be fine. And they're not seeing this as drug usage. They're seeing it as just acceptable social concepts that are available today. Unfortunately, uh, as parents, we see drug usage in a very different way. We think of it as like, you know, they're actually smoking marijuana and you could smell it from their room. No, you can't, you won't even know it. They will be having these little THC pens, they will have um, DAP pens in their rooms, in their pockets, and they're like this big and, you know, they will be in the bathroom, they will be in the room. They could even do it under their arm in the table. I've seen that happen. I literally have in the cafeteria. And you will not be able to recognize it because there's no smoke, there's no f smell, there's nothing. It's like they're chewing bubble gum, all right? And so even their candies, like the Delta 8, Delta 9, Delta 10 candies, they're like the little orange um, rings that you can get. They're gummy bears. They're, they're the shape of things that kids want and see. And so because they have such, you know, inconspicuous looks, they seem okay. And because they seem okay and they taste good and they taste fine and they give them that temporary high, why not? And that's how they overdose. And when they start getting addicted to it, that's when they start doing other things to uh, gain the money for that. 
Um, now, most of these things are not even very expensive. I went into a store the other day before my presentation to purchase samples for parents to see. It cost me $33 and I came out with a bag full of drugs. It was not difficult, no questions were asked. Got some gummies, I got um, a little uh, weed thing. Um, it was a little cigarette type thing. And then I got a bunch of uh, vape pens. Didn't cost me a thing practically $33. But once you get into that habit and you spiral, I see girls who are in these horrible traps of social media where they are exposing themselves or they're um, earning money through things like OnlyFans because they feel like they're behind a screen. And it's, if you're behind a screen, that's a form of protection. And they don't realize that you're never behind a screen. You are open to everyone's view, view all the time. And anything that's out there is always going to be out there. There's nothing hidden anymore. And so I would have these girls, our beautiful Muslim girls, would be sitting in my office in tears crying because I would have to call the parents and let them know what was happening. And they never thought it would get that far. So uh, it's uh, something that we need to be very open about in our community. We need to have this dialogue. We need to let parents be aware of it. We can't stop talking about it. It's happening around us. It's happening in the masjids. I mean, kids are making these deals on Instagram and Snapchat, and then they go play basketball in the youth program in the local masjid, and that's where they're passing it out. Not because they're thinking it is a bad thing or they're doing something that they feel like, oh, they're bad Muslims or anything. They honestly are just thinking these things are there to help them de-stress. They're just vitamin-type items. They're not harmful to you, but they are. Right, exactly. So why is it so important to specifically address the Muslim community when talking about drug awareness? Because I think that we don't realize how much it's happening around us. And I think the more that we try to hide it and the more that we try to like not discuss it, the worse it's going to be for our community members. I have known personally um, few people, few children who have died recently in our community because of some sort of drug usage. Um, but we don't talk about that. That's not what we are going to say when we do um, the funeral. We're not going to have that mentioned in there. They died in an accident. They, fell they died in their sleep. It was natural causes. No, it wasn't natural causes. But that stigma needs to be removed. We need to remove the stigma of mental health. Drug abuse and drug usage, self-harm, sexual identity issues, all of these issues are mental health related. And the more we try to just say, don't do this or don't do that, and in our culture, like, you know, what are people gonna say? The more we do that, the more we are actually harming our children. Honestly, I tell my parents, I was like, I would rather know my child is going through this situation and provide them with mental health care and medical health care, then wake up one morning, open their door, and see they OD'd and are dead. I have one child. That would be devastating for me. And when I say that to them in this manner, the light bulb comes on. It's not about what people say. I could care less what people say. I love my child, and I want to make sure my child gets help if she ever needed it. And so if we keep this awareness in our community and we make it a dialogue and we talk to them about it, it's very important. 
So um, what do you think is a good age to start this conversation and how do you start this conversation? What do you say? So um, I'm very lucky. I have a lot of uh, people I work with. Um, one of the people I work with, uh, Mr. Feroz Pierre, he is actually um, at a university and he's doing this uh, study with his colleagues about um, intervention uh, and how to do it that in a way that is acceptable in Islam as well as respectful to the uh, communities and the culture. And so um, we've had a lot of conversations about how we should approach something like this. And the younger, the better, because what I noticed being an administrator in a public school is that by the time the kids came to me in ninth grade, they were already deeply involved in it. In fact, a lot of them are already selling it. So the conversation needs to happen in sixth grade. It needs to happen when they're young. It needs to be very clear that, look, here's the situation. These things are unhealthy. These are the reasons why. These are the Islamic reasons why, the cultural reasons why. But mainly, it's not healthy for you, and I'm worried about you. Having that dialogue early. And if in case your child is doing something like this, and if you do find out, which I think all parents should be doing screenings with their children, drug screenings are easily available at Walgreens and CVS, you pick up a screening kit, you go ahead and check your child randomly once in a while, just to make sure. But if your child is doing it, being very clear that you care about their mental health and their physical health more than anything, and that they need to talk to you about this. And having that timeout moment, I use this with my daughter, this method with my daughter. We have an agreement that if there is ever a situation in her life where she needs to talk to me about something and I need to know something, she's gonna come to me and say, mom, I need a timeout moment. And that's my cue that I cannot be angry I cannot lash out, I cannot react. I have to just listen. Does that mean she's not gonna get consequences? Absolutely not, she knows she's gonna get consequences, but maybe the next day or the day after. But at that moment in time, we are only going to talk and I'm only going to listen to her issues and provide as much of support as I can so that tomorrow, if something really big happens, I know my daughter in, in her time of need I'm the first person she's gonna to go to. Not a friend, not social media, not drugs, and God forbid, not cutting herself or self-harming. Yeah, and so um, do you have any suggestions for parents to educate themselves? You know, as you kind of mentioned, these drug uses is kind of taboo in this community, so um, some parents might not even be aware of, like you said, any of these things. So. Uh, are there any, any kind of resources for parents to educate themselves? Absolutely. There are a lot of resources available online. Um, we do have resources available specific to um, Muslim parents as well. Um, I can always share that with you. Um, but mainly, the great thing is right now, um, there's been a bill passed recently in the state of Texas uh, that the governor signed off on making m drug um, awareness a mandatory course in schools. And so this is something new that just happened a month ago, which is a huge burden off of 
educators because you know we've been told we can't talk about this we can't talk about this we shouldn't mention this but now we can and there's a whole program available for parents and those resources are available at your district so whatever school district you go to you can always reach out to them too. reach out to your school counselor reach out to your religious counselors they have the information too and if they don't they are really really good at finding that information for you and reaching out to other people in the community who can help you um, but having those open conversations allowing mental health professionals as well as educators in the masjids giving them the opportunity to speak to parents these are very important things and i'm really grateful i get to work with um, the american health professional american health uh, muslim health professionals amhb it's, it's hard to remember the acronym but I, it's it's a really blessing to work with them because i know for a fact the texas chapter itself is really pushing for outreach and education and mental health support and so these type of um, volunteer committees are very important in our community and I hope parents um, not only welcome them into you know their homes and their masjids and and their communities but also be an active member of such an organization so that they're aware and they're involved right and so do you hope to continue programs like this or how do you um, what do you hope for the future of you know, this kind of series, or are you going to do anything else? <laughs> Absolutely. I hope I have the ability to uh, really go across the, the United States and spread the word and let people know. I mean, it's something that right now I'm, I'm in Texas, so I'm kind of like in the local area. Um, but I do have some wonderful colleagues, like I said, Mr. Faraz Beer. He is um, also working with his university to do this study and to do this research. And I think a collaboration of our peers and um, the American Muslim um, health professionals uh, will allow us to spread the word as much as possible. Um, I'm hoping our local masjids um, will take the opportunity to avail this uh, resource because we're doing it for free. We're, we're out there, we're helping you. And uh, the reason we're doing it is because we love our kids and we want to make sure that they're healthy and they're safe. And we don't have to go to all of these different janazas for teens that are unnecessary. You know, I mean, we understand that everything is in the hands of God's, in the hands of God, but we also understand that um, we need to protect our children as well. And uh, we need to be proactive. Right. I don't have any further questions for you, um, unless you would like to add anything about just drug awareness in general. Uh, yes, I would like to add, parents, please make sure that you are looking for visible signs and symptoms. Um, <laughs> absolutely. If you see that your child is lethargic or if they are extremely more active than they usually are, if they're um, not grooming themselves as they usually do, if they're like not taking showers, if they're covering their arms when they usually don't, even at home, heavy sweatshirts and stuff like that, those are all different signs. If they have like, you know, bloodshot eyes or constantly, you know, looking tired or anything, these are signs of allergy, <laughs> these are signs of stress, these are signs of lack of sleep, but they're also signs of drug use. So if, if in doubt, if you have that gut feeling, reach out to a healthcare professional, take your child to see their pediatrician, go ahead and get a screening kit from your local pharmacy, be proactive, 
you're the parent. You shouldn't be afraid of your child. You shouldn't be afraid of finding out what's going on in their life. Talk to them, have open dialogue, check their bags, make sure that you are an active participant in their lives. Know who their friends are. If a sudden friend change or group of friends have changed, know why that's changed. Be proactive, don't just sit back and worry about their grades because that's what we've been doing lately is just worrying about their grades. They'll get into college, don't worry. Thanks for that, Maya. From both of us, goodbye for this week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at American Muslim Today. And if you'd like to read more about this story and access more digital content, feel free to check out our website at AmericanMuslimToday.com. We'll see you next week on The Muslim Viewpoint.